It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, October 26, 2022. Coming up this hour. NASDAQ futures fall as big tech earnings disappoint. Microsoft posts its weakest quarterly sales growth in five years. Alphabet's quarter spells trouble as profit and revenue misestimates. And bank earnings continue in Europe as Deutsche Bank and Barclays report. It was a big debate night in New York and several other states. Plus, President Biden discussed Ukraine and China in a congratulatory to recall to the new UK Prime Minister. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Rangers lost in a shootout to Colorado. Devils won in Detroit. The Knicks and Nets have games tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures down 19 points. NASDAQ futures are falling down 156. That's down one and a third percent. Dow futures, little change this morning. Ten-year Treasury up 14 30 seconds. Yield 4.04% and the yield on the two-year, 4.42%. Nathan. Karen, the big drop in NASDAQ futures this morning follows disappointing earnings and forecasts from two tech giants. We begin with Microsoft. Those shares are down five and two-thirds percent. Ed Ludlow has more on the results from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. Microsoft did beat on both the top and bottom line, but recorded its slowest sales growth in five years. The stronger dollar certainly was a factor, along with a material slowdown, it seems, in both corporate and consumer spending. What really spooked the market was commentary on the earnings call that the Azure cloud unit would see its growth decelerate to the tune of five percentage points quarter on quarter going into the final three months of this year. The most significant reaction in after hours trading coming at that point. Ed Ludlow for Bloomberg. Big news in San Francisco. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, shares of Alphabet, meantime, are down more than 6% in early trading. The owner of Google reported earnings and revenue that both missed expectations. Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst Mandeep Singh has more on the miss. 
The reason why you see a 10 percentage point miss when it comes to operating income is because search underperformed. Every time search underperforms, Google has a bad quarter. And in this case, you have to ask yourself, is it temporary? Is it what Snap was saying around ad pricing? Or is it more structural? Because, you know, there is a lot more competition from Amazon, from Walmart, from Target. These companies are all ad networks now. Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Mandeep Singh says Google is now planning to slow hiring and control expenses. And there are plenty of other earnings to catch you up on, Karen. Shares of Texas Instruments are down more than 4%. The chipmaker's quarterly forecast missed estimates, signaling the semiconductor slump is spreading beyond computing and phones. Shares of Visa, meantime, are up more than 1%. The digital payments company reported profit and revenue that beat estimates. And Chipotle shares are little changed. Comparable sales and profit at Chipotle outpaced Wall Street expectations. Well, tech earnings continue today, Nathan, with both Meta Platforms and Twitter reporting. Meantime, Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter is in focus. He's pledging to close the deal by this Friday. And we get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. The comments were made yesterday in a video conference call with bankers helping to fund the deal. They are providing $13 billion of debt financing. We are told Musk also promised to help the banks market the debt to money managers after the deal closes. Several banks have been left in a lurch after Musk's sudden reversal on going through with buying Twitter in early October, and now they're facing paper losses of roughly $500 million on the transaction. The pain would be realized once the debt is sold to institutional investors. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Doug, thanks. While tech stocks are falling this morning, the U.S. stock market may still not have hit a bottom. That's according to Goldman Sachs. Strategists at the firm say equities don't fully reflect the latest rise in real yields and the odds of a recession. In a severe economic downturn, Goldman's team says it expects the S&P 500 to drop below 2,900. That would be a 25% fall from yesterday's close. Well, in Europe this morning, Nathan, banks are in focus once again as earnings season rolls on. And we go live to London and get the very latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. A big morning for European bank earnings and beating estimates as interest rates rise is the key theme. Italy's Unicredit has raised fully revenue and profit targets for a second straight quarter. Deutsche Bank sales and profits also beating, but analysts did flag higher than expected costs at Germany's biggest lender. And traders at London-based Barclays beating estimates are setting steep declines at the investment bank with the economy keeping deals on the sidelines. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Day. How are you? And thank you. Back here in the U.S., the focus on politics is ramping up. With less than two weeks till the midterm elections, the candidates for New York governor squared off last night. Bloomberg's Michael Barr joins us live from New York with the highlights. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Crime and abortion took center stage last night as New York Governor Kathy Hochul faced a Republican challenger, Republican Representative Lee Zeldin, in the campaign's only televised gubernatorial debate. On Spectrum News, New York won both candidates were asked to look ahead to the race for the White House in 2024. Do you want to see Joe Biden run for re-election? Yes, I do. Do you want to see Donald Trump run for president in 2024, Lee Zeldin? Not even thinking about it. I'm focused on 14 days from today. Hochul slams Zeldin's past support for abortion restrictions and former President Trump. Zeldin criticized Hochul's push to send millions to abortion providers to expand access for predicted surge in out-of-state patients. Live in New York, I'm Michael Barr, Bloomberg Daybreak. Karen? 
right, Michael, thank you. Well, inflation is proving key in the midterm elections. Soaring housing costs are a big part of that. And in the country's biggest cities, renters are still feeling the pinch. New York City has the most expensive rental market in the country, according to the rental listing company Zumper. The median one-bedroom apartment runs for more than $3,800 a month. Boston has the second highest rent in the country at close to $3,100. And San Francisco's close behind at roughly 3000 Well, Karen, you've heard about the great resignation following COVID. Now, the next wave of workers leaving their jobs could be driven by abortion rights. According to a survey by the nonprofit Catalyst, 30% of employees are thinking of quitting because of their company's response to the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. 40% say their employer isn't doing enough to protect abortion rights. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We've got emergency road work this morning. It's got Route 36 closed in Keyport, and it is 64 degrees in Central Park. Michael Barr is back with us for more on what's going on in New York and around the world this morning. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. On top of New York, it was debate night in several other closely watched races. Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman debated against Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz as they vie for a critical Senate seat. In the opening minutes of last night's debate, Fetterman addressed what he called the elephant in the room, the stroke he suffered five months ago. I have run a campaign, and I've been very transparent about being very open about the fact we're in use captioning, and I believe that, again, my doctors, the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. Oz ignored his opponent's health challenges, instead seizing on Fetterman's policies on immigration and crime and his support for President Joe Biden. On immigration and crossings at the southern U.S. border, Dr. Oz said it's an issue that's personal to him. My father was an immigrant. My mother were immigrants. You know, I understand what legal immigration offers us, but the completely porous, open nature of our border, which John Fetterman supports, has created a humanitarian crisis. The debate was held on News Nation. Meanwhile, the gubernatorial debate was held last night in Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer declared her position on abortion, saying she will be voting yes on a ballot initiative to protect abortion rights. The simple truth is the way to protect women and ensure that future generations have the same rights we've had for 49 years is by adopting Proposal 3, and I will be a yes vote. Whitmer's Republican opponent, Tudor Dixon, argued that Michigan's Proposal 3 is nothing like the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision that stood for nearly 50 years. When Governor Whitmer tells you that this is going to be Roe, It's not even close to Roe. It's not codifying Roe in our Constitution. But it would be the most radical abortion law in the entire country. The only place that has something similar are China and North Korea. The debate was aired on WXYZ-TV. New York City has been ordered to reinstate a group of sanitation workers fired for refusing to get a COVID-19 vaccine after a state court judge ruled the mandate was unlawful. The White House says President Joe Biden congratulated the new U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in a call in which they discussed the Russian invasion of Ukraine and challenges arising from China. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, thanks again, Michael. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street, time for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stash Hour. Right, good morning, Nathan. Good one at the Garden with Stanley Cup champion Colorado in to start a three-game tour of the New York team's 90 shots on goal in the game. Adam Fox scored with six minutes left to tie the score in the shootout. 
outscored in the fourth round. They beat the Rangers 3-2. The Colorado goalie was Alexander Gorgiev, beat his old team. The Avs visit the Devils Friday. The Devils just won 6-2 in Detroit. They've won four of the last five. The Avs then visit the Islanders on Saturday. The Rangers visit the Islanders tonight. Knicks are at the Garden tonight to play Charlotte. And the Nets visit Milwaukee. Two of the best in the West met last night. Phoenix beat Golden State by 29. Jets say Elijah Moore will play Sunday against New England. The second-year receiver upset with lack of playing time demanded a trade. Didn't play last Sunday. The trade deadline is next Tuesday. The Jets are 5-2. and two. The Giants are 6-1. and one. Daniel Jones comes off a 100-yard rushing game for Coach Brian Dayball. I'm John Stashower. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the Giants Sunday visits Seattle. And the Seahawks, also a surprise team. Sole possession of first in the NFC West quarterback by Geno Smith, the ex-Jet and Giant. 42-year-old Skip Schumacher named new manager of the Miami Marlins, replacing Don Mattingly, who had the job for seven years. Schumacher, most recently a coach in St. Louis. Luis Rojas, the ex-Met manager, current Yankee third base coach, was a candidate for the Marlins managerial job. Brian Cashman's been the Yankee general manager since 1998. His contract is expiring. SNY reporting he will be offered a new deal. Sports, Nathan. Yes, you are. Thank you, John. <laughs> S&P futures down 23 points right now. Dow futures down two points. NASDAQ futures leading the declines for sure this morning, down 176 points, a drop of 1.5% on disappointing earnings from Microsoft, Alphabet, and Texas Instruments. Bloomberg Quick Takes. Alex Webb joins us next. This is Bloomberg. And Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures falling this morning as mega cap technology shares slump in early trading. NASDAQ futures, they're leading the declines down 1.6% after disappointing quarterly updates from Microsoft, Google Parent, Alphabet, and Texas Instruments. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. So NASDAQ futures, they're down 183 points. S&P futures down 24. Dow futures, little change. The DAX in Germany's up four-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 1130 seconds, yield 4.05%. They yield on the two-year 4.43%. NYMEX crude oil is up half percent or 42 cents at $85.74 a barrel. COMEX gold up 1.2% or $19 at $16.77 10 an ounce. The euro is at 1.0031 against the dollar. British pound 1.1596 and again 146.96. And as a Bloomberg business flash, now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman debated against Republican Dr. Memon Oz as they vie for a critical Senate seat. Fetterman, who suffered a stroke in May, spoke about abortion. If you believe that the choice of your reproductive freedom belongs with Dr. Oz, then you have a choice. But if you believe that the choice for abortion belongs between you and your doctor, that's what I fight for. Ah said that he is against federal involvement in a woman's decision, but he supports what the states decide. I want women, doctors, local political leaders, letting the democracy that's always allowed our nation to thrive to put the best ideas forward so states can decide for themselves. 
Meanwhile, gubernatorial debates were held in New York and Michigan. In the NBA, the Wizards won, the Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Rangers lost, the Devils won, along with the Bruins. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and tech stocks are losing this morning as we kick off tech earnings season, Microsoft and Google parent Alphabet are leading the way with results that missed estimates. Texas Instruments did, too. Let's dig into these numbers now. Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent Alex Webb is with us this morning. Alex, good morning. Is this the sign of the economic storm that uh, so many had been warning about in these results? Yes, I, I think Storm is quite right because it's actually sort of slightly different factors of affecting um, the different strands of, of the tech industry. You know, we've got Microsoft, which has been um, affected by the slight slowing in, in cloud spending. We've got Google that's been affected by the reduced marketing budgets. And we've got uh, Texas Instruments who have been impacted by, firstly, the huge expansion in in you know, semiconductor capacity comp- um, compounded by slowing down in consumer spending. So um, all those things playing together to create a, a pretty ugly picture. Yeah, well, let's go through these one by one, starting off with Microsoft, uh, warning about the uh, impact uh, not just of the strong dollar, but Azure cloud demand does not seem to be where it was during the pandemic. I guess that's to be expected to some extent, but uh, are these Azure results a bit of a surprise, uh, the, the disappointment we saw here? I mean, the expectations were already, had already been tempered quite a lot. The fact that it came even below those was clearly something the market was not terribly appreciative of. Uh, the, yes, you're quite right that essentially the lock, what happened with the lockdowns, it perhaps brought forward a lot of the cloud demand, accelerated the cloud demand, which means that actually people who might have been, or companies that might have been likely to adopt it sort of now have already done so. We should caveat it, of course, by saying it is still a business that is growing at a fairly hectic pace. The, the forward-looking comment was that um, growth would be five percentage points lower than in the previous quarter. That implies still 37% growth, which you know most companies would be delighted at. But expectations for this business have been pretty high. And when it comes to uh, Alphabet's results, very interesting, uh, disappointing as well to investors that uh, we're starting to see that even uh, Google's uh, business, which you know had been somewhat insulated from the uh, the ad spending uh, headwinds for some of its other competitors, is starting to get hit here as well. Yeah, Google really is the big beast when it comes to advertising technology. It's it's really gained ground over Facebook. Uh, you know, because if you're navigating the internet, you kind of need to use Google search. And that means that if you're therefore in the business of selling things, uh, you need to be in Google search too. Now, a lot of their customers are in fact, um, small and medium sized enterprises. And, and these guys, um, are finding perhaps that consumer spending has, has slowed down. Therefore, they start cutting their own budgets and marketing tends to be the first thing that falls victim to that. Um, we had seen plenty of other smaller ad tech players from Snap and and, and beyond to um, feel the impact of that. The fact that it is now affecting Google is significant and shows that they are not immune. And now for uh, Texas Instruments to see that uh, the, the, the chip story, it's not just the uh, the digital chips that we focus so much on with, uh, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor, Samsung, other some of those other companies, but these analog chips as well are getting hit by uh, demand problems. Yes, and Texas Instruments has a you know huge, uh, hugely long customer list stretching from you know not just consumer goods but through to automotive and in industrials and the. F- 
of course, people at the moment are not buying as many cars as perhaps they they might otherwise have done. And the real comment that was interesting was the slowdown in industrial spending. So industrial customers clearly uh, tightening their purse strings a little bit, their TEI, feeling that. And, and on the sort of supply side, because of the trip constraints that, that were felt during the um, lockdowns, there was an acceleration of investment in additional capacity. So now you've got a tightening of demand, an acceleration of supply, and which clearly is not an ideal situation if you're in those markets. So in our last 30 seconds here, Alex, what does this tell us about what we could expect from some of the other big names that are going to be reporting later on this week, particularly meta platforms coming up later this afternoon? I think perhaps that expectations for meta are going to be, given the, the context we've, we've seen in the past few days, pretty low. Perhaps that might mean actually it's uh, it's it'll be easy to surprise that any glimmer of hope will be a cause for optimism, but um, it, that there isn't a huge amount of optimism heading into it. And of course, when you look at and we've got Amazon coming up as well. Yeah. Consumer spending has also slowed down. We'll have to see whether their cloud business has been affected the same way that Microsoft has. And we're uh, certainly seeing the impact from these results uh, in the shares this morning with uh, uh, Microsoft down 6% right now. Alphabet uh, leading the decline six and a third percent lower. And uh, Texas Instruments now down 4.6% on those earnings. Alex Webb of Bloomberg Quick Take. As always, uh, great to hear from you even after a disappointing tech earnings day. We can see NASDAQ futures now down 196 points, a drop of 1.7% there. S&P futures are down 28, Dow futures down 33 points. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, cloudy today, scattered showers with highs near 70 degrees. Sunny, upper 60s tomorrow. It'll be mostly sunny Friday, but cooler with a high only near 60. Right now, 64 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by SEI. Built on advanced technologies and 50 years of innovation, SEI offers asset managers a comprehensive and flexible operations outsourcing platform. Go to SEIC.com slash managers. Well, we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures are lower this morning after earnings from Microsoft and Alphabet. Despite beating projections, shares of Microsoft are down about 6% this morning after the strong dollar slowed revenue growth. And shares of Alphabet are down almost 6.5% after sales missed estimates. Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst Mandeep Singh says Alphabet and Google are facing a fundamental problem. Search is their main business, and that is what drives margins. The question is, is search saturated? Probably yes, because there's a lot of direct traffic going to these mobile apps, you know, the companies that I talked about on the retail side. You don't need search. You start off your search on Walmart or Target or Amazon. 
Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Mandeep Singh says Google is now planning to slow hiring and control expenses. Well, shares of Texas Instruments are down more than 4.5%, Karen. The chipmakers forecast missed estimates, signaling a broader slowdown in the semiconductor industry. SoFi Head of Investment Strategy Liz Young says the outlook for tech stocks may now be uncertain. We're sitting at a point in the year where we've done a lot of work and valuations have seen a decent amount of pain since January. And I think it's less about what's the right valuation for these stocks to be at. And it's more about what are people actually willing to pay for them, knowing that we have not solved all the problems that still lie ahead. So far, Liz Young says she sees broader market volatility continuing for several weeks. Well, tech earnings continue today, Nathan, with Meta Platforms and Twitter reporting. At the same time, Elon Musk is working to wrap up his acquisition of Twitter, telling bankers he's going to close the deal this week. And Bloomberg said Ludlow has the details. The banks are kind of braced for this borrowing notice that should have come Tuesday. Then the money that the banks have pledged in the form of debt would go into escrow Thursday. He's told these bankers that he fully intends to close the deal Friday. And Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow says Twitter shares jump following the news, approaching Musk's $54.20 a share acquisition price. To the housing market now, Karen. Renters in the country's biggest cities continue to feel the pinch. New York City has the most expensive rental market in the U.S., according to the rental listing company Zumper. Boston jumped to the second highest rent, surpassing San Francisco, which came in third. And NASDAQ futures, they're leading declines down almost 200 points or 1.7%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park. Still got the emergency repairs in Keyport. Route 36 still closed both ways at Broad Street. Michael Barr is still here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Sparring over crime and abortion. It took center stage Tuesday as New York Governor Kathy Hochul faced a Republican challenger, U.S. Representative Lee Zeldin, in the campaign's only televised gubernatorial debate. Hochul blasted Zeldin's past support for abortion restrictions, and the governor pointed to Zeldin's position on gun laws. When you had the chance as a member of Congress to stand with other Republicans who finally said enough is enough, you were nowhere to be found, Lee. I mean, that's people need to know you can't talk about this. All you have is rhetoric. Zeldin vowed to repeal liberal criminal justice reforms. There are criminals out there who need to pay the consequences for their action instead of the catch-release policies. The debate was aired on Spectrum New York One. The candidates for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania squared off in a debate. Democrat John Fetterman, still recovering from a stroke in May, took Republican Mehmet Oz to task over senior health care programs, saying Oz supports cutting Medicare. Oz denied that and touted his plan to bolster another program for seniors' Social Security, making sure that... It adequately increases with the inflation that we have. Meanwhile, in Michigan, the two candidates debated in their gubernatorial debate. President Joe Biden talked about Russia and Ukraine and China in a call congratulating the new U.K. Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. Their conversation also touched on the unresolved issue of the Irish border after Brexit. Another setback for WNBA star Brittany Griner in Russia's judicial system. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. 
Russian court has refused to hear an appeal of Griner's sentence. White House spokesman Karine Jean-Pierre says the U.S. will double down now on getting her freed. This is a, this is a priority, and we need uh, Russia. We are asking and telling Russia to, to negotiate in good faith. But at this point, her nine-year drug sentence remains in place. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi with John Stanshaw. All right, Nathan. The World Series starts Friday for the Yankees. The offseason's underway and a couple of reports concerning the Yanks. SNY reporting longtime general manager Brian Cashman will get a new contract. His current one is expiring. Cashman's been the GM since 1998. Began with the Yankees as an intern in 1986. As for Aaron Judge's future, MLB.com with the story that the Dodgers are expected to pursue Judge as a free agent and that their plan would be to then move Mookie Betts to second base where he played in high school. He played there briefly this season. Skip Schumacher, who was a coach with St. Louis, named the new manager of the Miami Marlins. At the Garden, the Rangers faced an old friend. Alexander Gorgiev was the Rangers' backup goalie the previous five seasons. Now with Colorado, he and Igor Shesterkin both made some big saves. The game went to a shootout. Colorado won 3-2. to two. The Ranger coach is Gerard Gallant. They played really fast, and like I said, we, no surprise. We talked about that before the game, and the guys, you know, they know this Stanley Cup championship, quick and fast team. They're built like that, and I thought I brought us into the battle more in the second and third period, for sure. Rangers visit the Islanders tonight. The Devils last night won 6-2 at Detroit. Knicks tonight host Charlotte, and the Nets visit Milwaukee. Jets and Patriots Sunday at MetLife. Jets are red hot. Winners of the last four. The Pats are in last place. Just got blown out at home by Chicago, and yet Pats right now, anyway, a slight favorite. And that's despite a lot of controversy in New England over Bill Belichick's decision Monday night to bench quarterback Mac Jones. He got him to the playoffs last year as a rookie. He put in rookie Bailey Zappi and then said it was his plan all along to use both of them. Pats wideout Jacoby Myers calls the team's QB situation ugly. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. A tourist rebound is giving New York City's economy a boost. Cushman and Wakefield says Times Square foot traffic is now close to pre-pandemic levels again. And that's even without the usual flood of Chinese tourists. Even so, some tourists might find the places they want to go to closed. Side Dish says some hotspots, including the Tin Building, the Massive Nebula Nightclub, the new Kosher Sushi, Finn and Scales, and Zassi's Pizza are among those either limiting hours or days open because of worker shortages and in some places because of problems with crime. Workers at Curaleaf's Edgewater, New Jersey location have unionized the cannabis dispensary. Workers have joined with the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 360 Union. And Westport leads the Connecticut real estate market. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services New England says that's when you look at overall momentum. Stanford Advocate also says Greenwich is still the priciest, but buyers there are driving harder bargains. With the Tri-State Business Report, I'm Denise Pellegrini. Thank you, Denise. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about Mattel slashing its profit forecast as a tough holiday shopping season looms. I'm Courtney Donahoe on WHAS in Louisville. Chipotle says it's seeing low-income consumers pull back on spending. 
I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that Kraft Heinz and a Jeff Bezos-backed firm are about to announce their first plant-based foods, cheese slices and mayonnaise. I'm Wendy Gillette on WTBN in Columbus. I'm reporting on the end of the pandemic housing boom. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on earnings beats from a slew of top European banks, including Santander and Unicredit. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 5.39 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Britain's new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is widely seen as pragmatic and competent, virtues lately all but absent from British politics. Investors have greeted his rise with relief, but that might not last long. Sunak inherits a party deeply split over Brexit especially, but also immigration, taxes, regional inequality, and other contentious matters. Meanwhile, the U.K. has been especially hard hit by the soaring cost of gas, making its inflation among the highest in Europe. Sunak's pledge to restore responsibility may calm markets, but standing by that commitment as the central bank raises interest rates makes a serious recession possible. After the past few weeks, a prolonged spell of boredom is just what the U.K. needs, but events are unlikely to oblige. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN go. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures falling this morning as mega cap technology shares slump in early trading. NASDAQ futures leading the declines down 1.6% after disappointing quarterly updates from Microsoft, Google Parent, Alphabet, and Texas Instruments. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. So NASDAQ futures are down 191 points. S&P futures down 29. And Dow futures are down 49. The DAX in Germany is up four-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 4.06%. They yield on the two-year, 4.43%. NYMEX crude oil is up six-tenths percent, or 53 cents, at $85.85 a barrel. COMEX gold up one percent, or $16.10 at 16.74, 10 an ounce. The euro, 1.0022 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1572. And again, 147.12. And Bitcoin, it's up 2.3% at $20,650. As a Bloomberg Business Flash, now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The candidates for Pennsylvania Senate's race squared off on the issues in a televised debate last night. On News Nation, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman addressed what he called the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might miss some words during this debate, 
mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm going to keep coming back up. Dr. Meminaz made his stance on abortion clear that he would not support a federal abortion ban, which some other Republicans have called for. There should not be involvement from the federal government in how states decide their abortion decisions. As a physician, I've been in the room when there's some difficult conversations happening. I don't want the federal government involved with that at all. In New York, Governor Kathy Hochul squared off against Republican Representative Lee Zeldin in the gubernatorial race. Hochul blasted Zeldin's past support for abortion restrictions and Zeldin's position on gun laws. It is a joke to talk about a crime policy that doesn't include doing something about illegal guns. Meanwhile, Zeldin vowed to repeal liberal criminal justice reform. Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. The debate on Spectrum New York 1 took place with now less than two weeks before the midterm elections. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak and Bloomberg New York Bureau Chief. Shelly Banjo is with us live in studio this morning to get a little more insight on last night's governor's debate in the New York race. Uh, Shelly, good morning. Very interesting in those uh, clips that Michael Barr uh, just played in the news to kind of hear uh, Governor Hochul turn the tables on an issue uh, that Lee Zeldin, the Republican, has really been trying to take advantage of in this race, and that would be the issue of crime. What stood out to you uh, from last night's debate? Good, good morning. Yeah, the crime definitely took center stage at the debate. And every time Hochul tried to bring it away from crime, uh, Zeldin would try to bring it right back there. And, uh, you know, it's an important topic that's really resonated with a lot of New York voters in a way that I don't think Hochul has been quite prepared for until the most recent weeks where she has really shifted her tone to really address a lot of these concerns around crime. Is there time, though? We're less than two weeks away. And to uh, have that shift in tone come now, is it going to do her any favors at this point? Well, that's the question, because it has been and has been from the beginning Hochul's election to lose. The interesting part is that she was up ahead. She had a double digit lead for, for quite some time. And just in the last few days, we've seen some recent polls showing a much narrowing, a much narrower lead uh, with Hochul over Zeldin. And you saw that last night in the debate. This is the one and only time that the two have agreed to debate. And she was on the defensive for quite a lot of the debate. And yeah, interesting to hear that as well, particularly when in the lead up to this debate in the lead up over the last couple of months here, it seemed for Democrats that abortion rights was really going to be the issue that they hope to capitalize on uh, following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now it seems as though that that uh, issue as far as a catalyst for voters seems to be fading into the background. Absolutely. And Lee Zeldin is completely out of step with most of the, of the voters in New York. When it, when you look at polling around things like abortion, legal abortion, uh, and as well as uh, support for President Donald Trump, Lee Zeldin is a, is a big Trump supporter, as well as election deniability. Those are election integrity. Those are kind of three things that don't seem to comport with a lot of New York, as at least according to polling, at least according to what people say they think. And yet... Uh, Hochul has been kind of trotting out these defenses for quite some time, but those aren't the issues that seem to be now front of mind to voters with the two weeks left before the election. Now folks are focused on crime and pocketbook issues, you know, the things that come down to to races every time, you know, what's in my backyard right now.
Yeah, and as we mentioned, crime did seem to be the issue that Lee Zeldin really tried to hammer home on in the debate last night. Were you kind of surprised that we didn't see as much emphasis in this debate on the economy, given where voters are right now with inflation as high as it is? I was, especially because you are seeing that play out across the rest of the country, and you're seeing that play out in places like upstate New York, where Lee Zeldin is more popular than, say, New York City, where Hochul is leading the race there. They did talk about the economy. Uh, Zeldin, you know, criticized her for passing the state's largest ever budget, increasing state spending, giving big uh, tax cuts to the Buffalo Bills to keep them in New York, which a lot of people have criticized Hochul on. And to her point, Hochul said, well, you know what, I signed this. I signed all these big economic deals since I've been in, in governor, uh, in the governor's uh, mansion, including a hundred billion dollar investment from Micron. So she's trying to kind of tell her story of what she's done as governor over the last year and focus it on the policies she's been able to enact and the action she's been able to have rather than just the sound bites that, that Lee Zeldin is, is, uh, quite frankly better at. Well, lots for uh, voters in New York to think about with uh, early voting beginning actually just this weekend, well ahead of uh, actual Election Day, uh, less than two weeks away now. Shelley Banjo, New York Bureau Chief here at Bloomberg News. Thanks for this, and uh, thanks for coming in studio uh, to talk about last night's debate. Karen. Nathan, it's 554 on Wall Street, and it's time now for a legal story we're watching this morning. Since July, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has been fighting a subpoena to testify before a special grand jury investigating criminal election interference in Georgia. Now he's asking the Supreme Court to intervene, and Justice Clarence Thomas has done that, at least temporarily shielding Graham from having to testify. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis wants to question Graham about two phone calls he made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger in the weeks after the election. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to constitutional law professor Randy Beck of the University of Georgia School of Law. The 11th Circuit being one of the more conservative circuits in the country, and in a panel with two Trump appointees said that this could go forward. Are you surprised then that Justice Thomas issued this stay? I'm not surprised by that. I think Senator Graham has a couple of things going for him and then some things that work against him. One of the things going for him is that there is some ambiguity about the extent to which informal investigative activities are covered by the speech or debate clause. And the other is that it's a privilege against being questioned. And so if the Supreme Court is going to do anything, now is probably the time that they would want to take the case. And so I can understand Justice Thomas not wanting to make this decision on his own, wanting to keep the status quo as it is until the other justices have the chance to think about it and weigh in so that it's a a vote from the whole court. I guess technically he could make the decision on his own, but I would expect in a matter like this he would refer the issue to the entire nine-justice Supreme Court. Is it likely that the court would take this in a case where I don't see any, you know, conflict in the circuits and you have the 11th Circuit unanimously affirming the district court judge and the district court judge giving some, you know, leeway for Lindsey Graham to object to certain questions? So I think that there could be an argument made that there is disagreement in the circuits about 
the scope to which informal investigative activities are protected. I'm not sure, though, that that will carry the day for Senator Graham because, as the 11th Circuit pointed out, the district court protected him against questions about anything that could be characterized as informal investigation. And so I think, you know, even if the Supreme Court was convinced that there is an issue that warrants their consideration, they may decide this is not the case to do it because it wouldn't really help Senator Graham any more than the district court already has. There's been some criticism of Justice Thomas for not recusing himself from cases like this covering the 2020 elections because his wife is a conservative activist who played a role in the effort to overturn the election. Do you think that he should be recusing himself? I don't think just because one has a spouse who has, you know, kind of certain political activities that that necessarily means you need to recuse yourself from any case relating to the election. I think, you know, if there were something that came before the court that his wife was involved in, that would be a much, much clearer case for recusal, I think. And that's Professor Randy Beck of the University of Georgia School of Law speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLawGo. And we're watching NASDAQ futures plummet this morning, down about 1.6%, led by Microsoft and Alphabet, both down in early trading. Microsoft down about 6%, and Alphabet down 6.2%. Much more on that straight ahead as Bloomberg Daybreak continues, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.